Hello there, Chris Skoll here. Uh, welcome to a slightly uh, strangely introduced episode of the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Uh, this episode features Jeremy Nicholas, uh, who is the match day announcer at West Ham, as you will hear. Um, unfortunately, this episode was pre-recorded. And since this episode was pre-recorded, Jeremy has obviously resigned from his position as West Ham uh, Stadium announcer. Um, we're a big fan of his. We just wanted to add some context to the episode you're about to hear. Uh, so as I say, recorded before he resigned. But anyway, regardless, here it is. Episode 5 of the News at Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Enjoy. And welcome to the Knees Up by the Brown West Ham podcast. And we're joined this week by James Longman, who's back. Right. And also back for his second appearance, it's writer, broadcaster, after dinner speaker extraordinaire, and uh, most famous to West Ham fans as the match day announcer, Jeremy Nicholas, is back on the Knees Up by the Brown West Ham podcast. Goal for West Ham scored by Sir Trevor Brookie. <laughs> what a shame you never got to announce that. I never got to announce that for two reasons. Yeah. One is that he'd retired before I started, yeah. and two, he wasn't a knight in those days <laughs> he was yeah. a knight in our eyes though. he was yeah <laughs> I thought you were going to say most famous uh, West Ham fans as playing Herbie the Hammer <laughs> <laughs> what's the most ridiculous thing you've announced right here, very quickly on, here's yeah. our, our, our chat this week mm. there's Hammerhead the new guy right yeah, yeah well, he's been and with us a new guy he's, he's, new he's been guy. with us a season now Hammerhead yeah. and uh What's uh, Herbie? Herbie. Bubbles. Bubbles the bear. Bubbles no, Bubbles bear. is gone. He got laid off, didn't he? No, no, Bubbles the bear still there. Still it's, there. It's, ham- it's Herbie. It's Herbie the Hammer that's laid off. Right, right. And when I say laid off, quite sad. But there's it, Herbie the Hammer's head is still in the tra- <laughs> it's still in the changing room where I have a wee at half time, <laughs> which is the fe- the female referees. Right. There's, to the left of the tunnel, there's the referees room, and to the yeah. right, there's the they had to build a referees room just in case Wendy Tom or someone right. came, yeah. came along when we built that stand and that's where Herbie's head is and it's just wedged <laughs> above the cubicle <laughs> so Hammer, Hammerhead comes out and does some moves yeah. and Bubbles of Bears just kind of waves and stuff well, it, Bob- in, in stature underneath mm. the costume yeah. is he an actual dancer Hammerhead yeah. and, and Hammerhead, Bubbles of Bears just Hammerhead like a is a brilliant no no they're both lost. Not. they're both uh, proper dancers <laughs> and what, I mean Hammerhead's a brilliant street dancer because right. it looks good he's got that uh, what was that Gangnam Style yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he's he did red hot paper man. against Stokey he did the Gangnam Style to, to the tune of Can't Touch This oh, yeah. by MC in, Hammer interchangeable yeah um but they're street dancers, aren't they? Yeah. They are street dancers. <laughs> that's, that's your curiosity is satisfied. Disgusting, fantastic. And just and the reason that Bubbles the Bear <laughs> yeah. continues when right. Herbie the Hammer got replaced by Hammerhead, but yeah. Bubbles the Bear lived on. Yeah. Is that Hammerhead is is more for the older kids because it's like a Transformers type right. thing. Yes. Right. But probably a little bit scary for some of the youngsters ones. Right. So you, know, so you know when you get videos and it say may contain mild peril. Yeah. yeah. You know that hammerhead is mild <laughs> peril to West Ham fans. Yeah. To be honest, they should tough it up and get used to it <laughs> because they've got a lot of d- d- trauma coming <laughs> yes. in their life if they yeah. pick yeah. the claret and blue. But yeah. the bubbles is more for the you know the, yeah. the five. And hammerhead six drinks in <laughs> yeah. weather spoons. <laughs> and, and Bubbles and Bear Bubbles is more, bear, yeah. Yeah. It's more down the swings. It's more Dr Pepper. I've mentioned it before, but do you remember there was a, a mascot, the dog? Scoop. Scoop. Oh, I didn't know his name. No, Scoop. And he's so he's the, new and recorded. He's the new and recorded. Yeah. So Scoop, as in, um, you know, a journalist. Here's your scoop. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I didn't feel like he fit 
His face well, didn't really fit, and I haven't seen him recently. He's got long, floppy ears, <laughs> yeah. and he's red and blue, and that's not the right colours. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, he's he's our link with the new Rookie <laughs> the local paper guy. You know, he's, as mascots go, he's, it, he hasn't got the glitz and glamour. <laughs> he hasn't. But, hasn't so. Bubbles and Hammerhead had, and, and dear old Herbie used to have before he was beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the, the reference. Yeah. Do you think is it is there some mind games going on there? Is it just to kind of throw the female <laughs> lines? <laughs> <laughs> like, is the referee off? Just is like, there a camera? In yeah. It? This is how we treat people. <laughs> the here. eyes move when you go in. <laughs> I think just light up red when the, the lights go off. I think the decapitated head of Herbie would be taken out if if ever that room was used by female. Uh, assistant ref I think that would not mm. look fair but I imagine the heads being retained um, for, in case well when we leave the bowling we'll have the parade of champions and I like to think that Herbie and his body <laughs> will be reunited <laughs> for that parade probably get the biggest cheer of all as well uh, Hammerhead yeah. will probably be in prison <laughs> so he can step back up do you know what I think they should do as a grand reveal like on that on that last day at the bowling when they go around and they, and they get the mascots they should pull the mascots head off and it'd be like Russell Brand or it'd be Billy Bonds and like or Glenn Roder like they did with Stig and Michael Schumacher Roder it was me all along (laughs) (laughs) like a Scooby-Doo it's me Abraham Grant (laughs) I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling kids (laughs) Scoop should have found this out if it was the case but um, anyway, this uh, this week on the Knees of Mother Brown West Ham podcast, we're just talking about the funniest moments at Upton Park, which we've kind of already touched on there with uh, Bubbles, Herbie, Scoop, et al. Um, so my funniest well, announcement would probably yes. be... Do you remember we played Manchester United in the... I think it was probably called the Carling Cup. Yeah. League. It was the League Cup. And it, was on, it was snowy, wasn't it? Yeah, when well, we, we won. We won 3-0. Jonathan Spector. Spector. Jonathan Spector scored two goals, didn't get them out of the match... Did he? Because I th- didn't we win four? Four, we... four one, was it? Four nil. Four nil. I thought it was four two or something. No, no, no. no they didn't nil. score. Oh I, yeah, no, you're right. Was, I think nil. it was four nil. I think Jonathan Spector got two, and I think Carl <coughs> Cole got the other two. And in my ears, that usually about ten minutes before the end, some sponsor somewhere will decide who's won the man of the match, and they'll say in my ear, "Man of the match oh. as chosen by whoever is." And they said Carlton Cole, and I thought, no. Jonathan Spector <laughs> Jonathan Spector when's he ever going to score <laughs> twice again against his old club yeah, to knock yep. them out of the cup you know Carlton was you know is more likely to score yeah. t- Jonathan Spector will probably never score again in his career surely he should get that man mm. of the match but I'm not allowed to argue obviously you know it's, <laughs> are you sure yeah are you sure really <laughs> yes Jeremy announce it now there are, have been a couple of times when I have said really really <laughs> because you think that's not really the man of the match. Yeah. That's who the sponsors want, want to have meet. their picture taken with yes. afterwards. Ah, right. Isn't okay. it? And yeah, Carl- Andy Carroll gets, uh, gets a lot, doesn't he? Well, do you remember when Ian Wright used to get it every week in my first mm. season? So Ian Wright got it every week. And, and towards the end of the season, people were booing it. When I say <laughs> Ian Wright, they go, boo. And I thought, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and <laughs> on, on the way out, people go, Jeremy, what, how on earth could you give that yeah. to Ian Wright? <laughs> yeah. Went, well, it wasn't me, Governor. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's such a tough gig to announce the man of the match when we're losing. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> There's been a few times when they'll say when they'll, uh, someone will say in my ear, "You better announce the man of the match before the corner, just in case they score," <laughs> oh, uh, and it turns ugly. <laughs> but then, and then one time it was Robert yeah. Green was the man of the match, and I announced it with five minutes to go, and he started making all sorts of irate oh, gestures like, flapped. "Don't do that," because um, oh, really, it, it, yeah. If you so from then on, if it, if it's ever the goalie, we never do it till the whistle. Because right. you don't, you know, ah. it puts pressure on the goalie, which no other player really can affect the game as much. Right, right. Anyway, the point Sound. was on that night against Manchester United, because it snowed, 
we changed from a white ball to a yellow ball. Mm. No, or orange ball. Was it? No, yellow, I think it was yellow. Yes. White ball to a yellow ball. And um, for some reason, because I was a bit giddy, because we were beating Manchester United and it was very cold, and also loads of people hadn't got to the game because they were snowed in. David Gold never made it to the game. He got really? stuck on the M20. Loads of people got stuck on the M25 coming around towards yeah. Dartmouth Crossing. And it was just a funny night. But we were beating Man United 4-0 and they changed the ball. And I said substitution leaving the field the white ball please welcome the yellow ball (laughs) (laughs) and that was my favorite did you get told off for that no no i probably i I thought i would but i didn't (laughs) and it got and sky did it as their third eye feature on saturday morning Uh, at soccer uh, my old mate helen chamberlain pulled it out so i thought yeah (laughs) it was worth Uh, it Mm. Um, I was when I think about my funniest moments at West Ham. I think about Martin Keown getting the chant "You've got a monkey's head" and him just flipping out. I remember it was it started in the kind of the old West End lower. They were chanting "Keown's got a monkey's head" and you could just literally mm. see him lose it. Yeah. And I think that at the time we had Neil Ruddock, Trevor Sinclair, and right real characters who were kind of winding him up too. And I remember him getting substituted. I think it was the game that uh, Vieira spat at Ruddock. I think we ended up winning that game. I think Decanio might have got. Mm. Um, and I just I like I love I love it at West Ham when things just get out of control and you can sense it in the atmosphere like yep. everyone gets a bit silly and giddy. Mm. It's great. I love the chance when the, the the one they've been doing for about a year now when the players of the subs are warming up in mm. front of the noisy tre- Sir Trevor corner. Yeah, yep. and they say you're not playing, you're not playing, cause you're not. Oh, there's a swear word at the end. <laughs> you're not playing because you. Shit. Yeah, that's the one. You're not <laughs> playing because you're shit. <laughs> I just point out it wasn't me doing the reverse. I was pointing at James, who, was, who did the swearing words. There. And usually the, the subs, you know, laugh at that or yeah. look a little bit intimidated, which is ideal. Yeah. Whenever I think about the uh, players warming up and like going like, like the substitutes, I always think of John Monker because he used to run up, mm. and, like run, and then he'd la- he'd lap the <coughs> corner flag onto yeah. the pitch. And I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, Oh my god, he's going to get told off. He's going to get yeah. told off. We're going to get in so much trouble. He did it like Superman, didn't he? he had yeah, one he did, hand yeah. up like that. And and Wendy Tom, who was that assistant ref, he used to go up behind her, didn't he, and, and go slightly too close to her, and then go, "Oh, sorry," like, <laughs> just sort of brush against her. Such Andy Gray. Yeah. There's so many good John Monker stories, isn't there? They do the rounds about him training naked and turning up to house parties naked. Mm. Um, is it who, who as players have you found, Jeremy, like in your experience, have have really good banter, really good kind of laugh? Um. Not Nigel Riacocca. <laughs> Hardly a surprise. Nigel that Mediocre. One. Nigel yeah. Mediocre, yeah. There's, I can't remember, there was something I said that I thought was very funny. And he t- and he was, I'm not sure if he was injured or having a sulk or something, but he yeah. wasn't playing. And he was sat in front of me sulking for the whole game. And he turned around when I said what I thought was funny. And he said, how long did it take you to think of that? And I just said, no, that's actually wit, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know what it was. It was it was Jeremy Aliadier. Yeah, uh, came on as a substitute, and I said, coming on for West Ham, he's here, he's there, he's Aliadier, <laughs> and uh, Rio Coca wasn't a fan of that. Everyone went, Ree. no, Rio Coca thought he was clever. He, he thought he was a bit cleverer than your average yeah. football Rio Coca, but really, yeah, I didn't mind much time for him. He went missing in that season when he was captain, yeah. and, and yeah. it was only. Uh, oh, I've lost the, that Australian guy came in, and he was became the captain. Lucas, Lucas Neal. Neil. Lucas Neal, yes. <laughs> no, it's not even that long ago, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Lucas Neal. When my dad talks about old players, <laughs> <laughs> I can not remember. <laughs> Lucas Neal was about six years ago. <laughs> that Australian bloke. Yeah, but no, that's... 
Yeah. Ria Koki used to go missing, didn't he? And, yeah. Um, That's, I remember when he scored, uh, it was, it was Kerbishley had taken over, wasn't it? And it was Manchester United and he, sc- mm. he scored, didn't he? And he ran to the fans doing the, yeah. the hand to the ear. Yeah. Don't ever do And that's right. when I thought, oh no. man. Yeah. You're the captain. A, yeah. I hate that. I hate that about players. It's like, yeah, I've proved you wrong. I remember, like, I remember Drogba did it once at Chelsea. Mm. Where it was like, yeah, what do you think of me now and stuff like that. And, I mean, it was crazy at Rio Coca. It's really important yeah. to have a good captain. I think we've got a brilliant captain now. What's his name? That uh, Scouse chap. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin Nolan. Because you can tell if you've got a good captain yeah. because the team spirit is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. you can see that. The way they celebrate goals. Yeah. I always think the way they celebrate, marker. and there's none of this Wayne Rooney having a little private party off yeah. on his own. But for example, when when Matthew Upson was captain, Upson. he was never really captain. Oh, and the newspapers all used to talk about Scott Parker being yeah. the West Ham skipper, and he never was. Yep. Mm. But it was just because Upson was such a weak skipper. Upson so, yeah. was embarrassing, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. Nice, you know, good player, lovely, polite man, but he just wasn't a leader on the pitch. And Scotty was. But I mean, that's the thing about Avran Grant. Why couldn't he see that? Don't why know. couldn't he? Why does he have that gap in his vision that he couldn't? Well, he was probably uh, sat in a booth looking for a hole. <laughs> yeah. Back ref to the other podcast. Hadn't <laughs> 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 cut a hole out of the booth yet. He was just staring at a wall. He can't have read the papers. He can't have read the papers to know that Scotty should have been the captain did Avram Grant ever make you laugh Jeremy did he ever do anything that you thought was funny no <laughs> did you ever see him smile no I don't think so <laughs> I don't think he had the face muscles to smile it looked like no. he was just lacking in every respect yeah he, he reminded me a little bit of in the have you read Harry Potter yes you know the Dementors in Harry Potter yeah. that just sucks all of life all the joy. out everything all the joy all the, any feeling of goodwill was just sucked yeah. out yeah. into those Big black bags on his <laughs> eyes. And a uh, big shout out to Avram Grant if you're listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Avram, give us a call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about when things kick off a little bit up to part, one of my favourite moments was uh, the Pardew Wenger. Oh, yes. Spat, which I mean, you must have had a pretty exactly good it. Yeah. view of. when of it course. All, yes. I, watched, I was watching back a few times today and watching it back is, I remember at the time, because Harewood scored and it was celebrations and it was it's a bit embarrassing watching it back but it's still quite funny because everyone goes so mental well no just because mm. it's, it's, Wenger's a bit of an old man to be pushing mm. and Pardew's <laughs> a bit in his face and it's all a bit yeah. then they kind of go to shake your hands afterwards and they mm. don't and that's embarrassing it's a bit like handbags but, but I mean you must have yeah so I was sat just behind that incident now for those that haven't listened <laughs> yeah. to episode 3 of the podcast and do listen to it because it was the best one so far <laughs> it's uh, the hottest yeah. one so far <laughs> My, episode 4 I thought was a bit iffy a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little bit yeah. iffy yeah. such yeah. a go <laughs> um, but uh, three was very good. Five, I can tell he's going to be. He's going to be very good. But in three, I talked about Alan Pardew. Now I have very mixed feelings about Pards mm. In that I loved him because he was the manager that brought me into the dugout. Yes, and so I felt really part of the team. And also, he made me feel important. And he used to invite me to his room for chats and things like that. And I loved all that. But he was a control freak. And he wanted to do everything. Mm. And I didn't like the way whenever I was with my wife, he just stared at her like I wasn't there. Are you I serious? Did, yeah, he, he used actually... to stare at my wife, and I used to think. And, and you could see him thinking, look at me, I'm an, I'm an ex-footballer, I'm handsome, I'm fit, what are you doing with that little dumpy bloke? Really? Because my wife's really pretty. What? Yeah. You can probably imagine. <laughs> and Pards <laughs> just used to stare, I used to think, don't look at my wife like that, but I didn't ever say that because he was my manager. Yeah. Anyway, so, and then he started telling me I had to do this and that and and telling me to whip the crowd up into a frenzy and I don't, and I don't like to do that because I think the fan, mm. it should naturally build. So, what was the point? 
So Arsene Wenger, right? So Arsene yeah. Wenger. So they're squaring up. Yeah. And Arsene Wenger <laughs> is someone that I really admire. Yeah. I think he's just classy. I think he does everything right. Mm. I'd love to have seen him as West Ham manager. I, I love the way his teams play football. Mm. I just think he's a gentleman. He does everything properly. Pardew, who I was by this time quite irritated by. Yeah. And yet because he was claret and blue and the other guy was red and white, when they had that spat, somebody shouted out, Hit him, Alan! <laughs> in the crowd. Me shouting, hit him, Alan. And I thought, yeah. and in my head, I thought, yeah, go on, hit him. <laughs> and then I thought, why have I thought that? I don't like Marju. I really admire Wenger. But just because it's West Ham Arsenal, yeah. I, I would quite like it. Fine, him. today it's fine. Yeah, today, because it's, you know, that's how wars start, isn't it? <laughs> but then, what, what was... Uh, Pards obviously did think about maybe hitting him but then realised that Wenger's massive Wenger's really, really, tall. Tall. Wenger's really, really tall. tall really I've tall never, oh, do you ever look at him. when he's you know when he's always got one of those substitute coats on he's yeah. always, he can never get the zip done up and he spends half the first half trying to get the zip yeah. that's like a massive long sleeping bag and even then you can see his legs quite a lot at the bottom yeah. Yeah, he's he really tall. really tall and, and Pards isn't um, and Pards looked like he might have actually had some kind of little accident in his pants because Wenger was just over him really yeah wow yeah. Uh, has there been any other spats that maybe have gone unnoticed in the dugout that you've seen up close but have kind of evaded um, there was mainstream a, consciousness see, there's quite a few incidents I know about in the tunnel but I don't want to um, don't want to mention those. oh well not even an exclusive for this episode to raise the no. profile of this episode no. of Knees Up My no, there's been quite a few scraps in the tunnel wow yeah, I bet. Yeah. how disappointed generally I mean the team in a minute as we say seem to have a good spirit but how disappointed generally are they when they lose <laughs> You know, the players and management, are they proper? I guess it's, it's how long is a piece of string up. I mm. bet you get some players who don't mm. really give a shit and a lot that actually take I think it to heart. I think they're really disappointed when they lose yeah. because, um, yeah, they spent their whole week preparing for that. I think sometimes fans, what fans don't like is when players walk off laughing when you've, you know, been stuffed or if they swap shirts with somebody else or if they go yeah. and hug an opposition player. But the thing is, they... You know, they might have been a youth player with that yep. player somewhere else. They probably mm. know him really well. Yeah, they don't. You know, they don't hate the opposition yep. in the same way as fans. We would hate yes. the opposition. Yes, yep. that's that's the thing. Mm. I think what happened last season was it QPR when they got relegated and the who was the yeah, player that they went did. off? Oh, Basingwa was like laughing yeah. as they went off, down. I mean, oh, that's but a, he is. A, that's yeah. a, that's an example of a he was not a, a good move. I think he's a disgrace as an attitude yeah. in professional football. Yeah, and he, you know. The cameras did pick him up walking down the tunnel laughing, laughing. when you've just been relegated. Just relegated yeah. your team. That's, yeah. That's just not on, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the players do feel the pain, and and, cur- and especially the current bunch, I think, are, you know, really all uh, yeah. one mm. big unit. They yeah. seem like a good a good bunch. Yeah. Yeah, because there's enough of them that have come up, you know, with West Ham through the academy, like Joe Cole and Mark Noble and people, and they, they will tell them. Plus, you've got the really good leader like Kevin Nolan, even though he's not a West Ham boy yeah. you know his attitude's excellent yeah. yeah and 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 you've got some really good mates as well so Andy Carroll and Kevin Nolan are really big mates Jack Collison James Tompkins really big mates yeah you know so you've got some really good units yeah there. yeah and doesn't um, that's that tweet that was a little while ago that jo- Joey O'Brien cooks for Andy Carroll sometimes <laughs> yes I love yes. that I still love that the idea of those two sat there having, yeah. having so uh, their fingers crispy pancakes oh it's the traditional <laughs> Irish yeah. cuisine isn't it that is, that is the thing yeah um, and I think and I think with Ravel Morrison as well mm. that you know he's going to be phenomenal this season I think yeah. Yeah. because 
there's such a good team spirit around him. You know, he's been a bad it's, lad it's, up in the yeah, northwest. I, I wanted to ask that. Do you feel like they're, the team are fostering him? Do you feel like yeah. like you know, they're all making an effort to get him right? Yeah. And one of my big mates at the club is the chaplain, Alan Boulding, mm. and he says Ravel's a cracking kid. You know, and if the club chaplain says he's right, you know, he, he must be all right. Yeah. And I just think he was in with a bad lot up there. I mean, it did make me laugh when we, we signed this bloke from Manchester because there was all problems with gangs and stuff up there, so he mm. came to East London. Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> but I think, those gangs. I think the club are giving him so much support. Yeah. And I, well, I, I just hope he... You know, I yeah. think I think he will. I think he'll pay us back, and I think he could be a real, a real player. Mm. We, I, we, we mention his Twitter quite often. Um, he tweets some pretty surreal stuff. Picture of a frog we had. Yeah, life uh, is good. Life this is week. good. That made me happy. Week. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, do you look at his Twitter? Do you think, is he of sane mind? Is what I want to get. At. Do I look at Ravel's tweets? Um, I have done. I can't <laughs> particularly remember any of them. <laughs> no, they're usually pretty good. Actually, I, you know, if you look at any of a youth. Team players. <laughs> you are Most looking at a twenty-year-old nonsense. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair point. You know, all of the guys yeah. coming up as well. I read them sometimes. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> I'm I'm not down do. with the kids. I, should, but I like it. I yeah. saw some people on Twitter wanted to get the song going for Ravel Morrison to the tune of Mrs. Robinson. So here's to you, Ravel oh, Morrison. That'd be great. I mean, I mean, notice something you do. Like, I think you foster chance sometimes, and I think you did. Did you do it with Joe Cole? And like, go, you used goal. to play gold. Oh, yeah, gold. Yeah. So you did. You did play a song after a goal once upon a time. Just once. Just yes. once. I did. Joe Cole scored, and I'd heard. I'd been at an away game when they'd heard them singing mm. gold, and so I thought I'll do that the next time, just as a one-off, but only if Joe scores. Yeah. And because uh, he was kind of my favourite player, Joe Cole. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't really have favourites, but he was mine. And then he did score, and I played. Gold and Paul Aldridge took me into his office and said, don't ever do that again. Shit. So I never did. Wow. And I don't know what I was thinking. I just got excited. <laughs> Play- you have, must have had it queued up, though. He came on straight Well, away. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> uh, right on the chorus as well, yeah. like one minute into the song. I think, lucky. I think I tried to argue that it had been a spontaneous thing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Jeremy, it was just at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So it was a bit like trying to plead manslaughter. I think it was premeditated. Yes, you've got all these blueprints of the murder. But, you know, Um, what an enduring song that has been because, you know, it's been transferred it to Carlton. Then for Carlton, now to Joe, now, you know, and now both of them. And and it would. Mm. And fancy having a chairman called David Gold, and that's not even his song. No, don't even. Yeah. One chant I thought we really missed out on, I went to De Canio's debut, which I think was Wimbledon away. And the chant at that game for Paolo was. Di Canio, and I thought that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Then we came, and then it became Paolo Di Canio. I feel like we really lost an iconic chant, but we yeah, created. Well, the Di Canio one was his Sheffield Wednesday song. Oh, was yeah. it? Then I he, didn't know that. Then when he was at Celtic, it was when the ball hits the net. If it's not George Cadet, it's Di Canio. <laughs> and then we had the. Uh, I think we were more creative. I think we had probably the better. I remember reading yeah, a, yeah. about chance. Um, there was a match many years ago up in Liverpool that we got. We took a, a thumping, I think. And, and I remember <laughs> really, we lost. At, <laughs> lost at Anfield. Yeah. Yeah. It, must, it must have been post nineteen sixty six. And one of the yeah. uh, one of the journalists wrote something like, "On a day like this, you must wonder why you would be a West Ham fan." And then I heard the chant, we've got Di Canio, you've got our stereos. Yeah. <laughs> and it all makes sense. Yeah. I always remember that, because I just thought that chant And the much. chant at John Joe Shelby yeah. recently, was it? You, uh, Voldemort, Voldemort was it? he's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry Potter. And he laughed, didn't he? Yeah. he did In fact, too. he laughed. Really. And he gave it the thumbs up. 1963 yeah. was the last time we won at Anfield. Really good, yeah. God. I was one. <laughs> you two weren't born, were you? Yeah, no, no, no. Imagine I was that. 20. <laughs> You've never just looked very young. <laughs> never known. Victoria I've never Anfield. known. No. no, one day it will happen. Mm. Um, 
I wanted to talk quickly about the kind of most raucous atmospheres you've experienced at Upton Park. I thought, uh, speaking of Pardew, he's very good at whipping the crowd up, which you kind of touched upon. Yeah. Um, that game against Ipswich, the first uh, player semi-final, I thought was probably the most cracking. What? What? What is? Yeah. So what happened agree? was um, Pardew went mad on that Ipswich semi-final, mm. and he called us out to a meeting at Chadwell Heath to the training ground. Wow. Okay. Uh, and he said, right, we need to work out what we're going to say and what music we're going to play. And he says, I want, f- I want fireworks. I want glitter ball, you know, so we had explosions of uh, confetti, yeah, and we had fire and things. Uh, and then he wanted a bloke running out with a, a Trump, horn, yeah, fox, the horn, yeah, the fox, hunting yeah. horn from Fox. I said, why do you want that? Oh, well, because Roger Cross, who was, is one of his assistants, said in the 50s, West Ham used to run out to a hunting horn, which is called the post horn gallop, which is true. Yeah. I thought it was a bit rubbish, really. <laughs> I thought, you know, if you're Leicester City, yeah. hunting foxes, you no, know, yeah. fair enough. But there's not that many uh, fox hunts going on in East London, <laughs> to be fair. So I thought it was a bit rubbish, yeah. but, but we did get one of them in. And then we had an opera singer who sang Ness and Dorma. Yeah. And that was all great. And it was a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere yeah. that night. But Pards did have me running around town trying to get a copy of Frank Sinatra singing Luck Be A Lady. <laughs> He, he, he talked all about this positive atmosphere yeah. a few days before at the Chadwell Heath meeting then on the day of the game he rang in a bit of a panic we need Frank Sinatra's Luck Be A Lady I've been thinking about it we need luck to be on our side tonight so I need you to get Frank Sinatra Luck Be A Lady do you know the one I mean Jeremy? I said yeah I do but what about positive atmosphere because if we're asking for luck that's not very positive is it? You know, that might go the other way no I want you to get it and I walked all the way around Tower Records wow. at Piccadilly HMV or Oxford Street oh no we've only got the Rat Pack's live version we haven't got the no no he wants the studio version <laughs> and in the end I found it and we played it and uh, it was a great atmosphere that night but yeah. I, I don't honestly think that we won that because of Frank Sinatra singing Luck Be A Lady we won it because of Christian Daly's cock controlling the ball did. and then shepherding it into the net he did Christian Daly yeah. took one for the team <laughs> and even though that must have really hurt he had enough just to to toe poke it home. <laughs> he did, Christian like... Daly is actually probably my favourite charm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. You are the love of my life, oh Christian Daly. <laughs> <laughs> you shake my yeah. wife. So, Jerry, when you're on the when you're on the <laughs> terraces, do, do yeah. you not engage in the swearing? You don't get involved with that. Oh, no, well, um, I try not to swear in real life because then when I'm on the telly or on yeah. the radio, I don't have to fo- put right. a filter in. Okay. Know? So I used to present afternoons on BBC London, yeah. and I and I'd like to be able to chat to people without thinking oh I might su- suddenly say a swear word yep. mm. but I remember and my dad always has a very low threshold for swearing as mm. well and, and often we'd go to games and on the way home even though you know perhaps Trevor Brookin had scored a hat trick or something like that the one thing you'll say did you hear some of those songs and there were children there did you hear what they were calling the referee and I go yeah that's football dad I know but I mean some of those things <laughs> But then one time I remember when Rio Ferdinand was presented with the Hammer of the Year on the pitch mm. before I was the announcer and he was presented to uh, with it by Tony Banks who was the MP for Newham but yes. was a Chelsea fan. Oh yes. And I the whole crowd yeah. including amazingly my dad started singing the blue flag <laughs> where he might like to stick it. And uh, I said, Dad, and he went, well, fancy being the new MP and supporting <laughs> <laughs> As though that justified, you know, I'll only, I'll only swear once because this is extreme circumstances. Um, let's play a clip. Well, now on the News Mother Brown podcast, we asked the comedian Tom Davis for his funniest moment uh, at Upton Park. Here it is. Uh, f- funniest West Ham moment. Um, I think it was Boxing Day. 
um, in about 1997, 1998, we played Wimbledon away, and uh, puffer jackets were all their rage, and I came, I went, went to the game, and got stuck in the turnstiles, <laughs> and had thousands of people singing "You fat bastard, you fat bastard" to me, um, and it was touch and go whether they'd even get me through them. Um, uh, and I was just had this recurring nightmare of people sitting at home and going. Wimbledon versus West Ham, a delayed kickoff due to a fat bastard caught in the turnstiles. I think that was the funniest moment. But it's a club of banter full of funny moments. And I hope this season we're gonna we're gonna do something pretty special. That was comedian Tom Davis. We've also got uh, this is uh, an interview with uh, we did with Tony Gale and we're talking about his funniest moment. You're gonna have to come to my after dinner speeches and <laughs> save the that. gold. I don't, I don't do this for nothing, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there's so many there's so many and I've got forty minutes for them, you know, <laughs> forty and, uh, minutes of them. I've got two different acts and you can see me currently at uh, <laughs> No it, I've got oh, listen, I've got so many funny yeah. things down there. Some some I can't tell you obviously on here and <laughs> and, uh, and and some are that are printable or so we say that we could go on here but I played with some hilarious people down there and mm. uh, and if you can't smile in football then you shouldn't be playing football yeah. and I've just had so many funny times with so many people you know and the characters that I played with and which is which is somewhat lacking nowadays yeah. and you consider yourself lucky to have played in an era where although we were very serious and we were good mm. players and had a really good team you know we still had fun I wish the players would yeah. look like they're having a bit of fun now and then that's what upsets me you know they're getting paid a, a fair whack good luck to them but yeah. have a bit of fun boys you know have a smile mm. yep. I, was reading an, I was reading an interview with Martin Allen and he said you were the funniest player he ever played with oh I, I appreciate that mad dog thank you very much <laughs> uh, quite funny actually yeah. uh, because when Martin Martin's trying to get rid of this mad dog tag now yeah. isn't he? and I, yeah. I love Martin you know I know he's a bit mad and all that yeah. but I love him to death. He's he's really is funny, <laughs> but um, you know he was a mad dog, and that's 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 how we we turned him at the start. And of course, he's trying to get rid of it when he's in management now. And I was on the telly with him once, mm. and we we're on the panel. And um, he said in the ad break before we came on back to um, the two presenters, he went, "Listen, I'd appreciate it if you call me Martin, and no one refers to me as Mad Dog anymore." <laughs> <laughs> It's a ta- it's a tag that I've been trying to get rid of, you know what I mean. So um, anyway, and they came came back after the ad break, and um, they went, and nah, nah, nah. here we got two West Ham sort of legends or stars from the past in the studio. We got Martin Allen and Tony Gale, and um, you know after about two minutes rabbiting, I was I was referring him to as a mad dog, and you could see <laughs> his face. he wanted to kill me. But I love Martin. I'm constantly <laughs> on the phone with him, yeah. and he's doing he's doing a. A real good job, isn't he? I yeah, mean, of all absolutely. the people to be managing people, you know, know the mad yeah. dog is actually managing people and telling them how to run their lives. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I but, bet he must dish out some sort of some hair dry treatment that is very special. He does, and do you know what? He's a, he's a really good bloke, Martin. He's got a heart of gold, you know, and he'll always you'll be sort of on the telly and he'll get a text, oh, seen, seen you on the telly, Gailey, different mm. class or something like that, or, mm. you know, he'll ring up now and again. He, even when he's having success, which is different, you know, when when, player, when managers are up against it sometimes, they're looking for allies, they're looking for friends and you might get a call, you know. Mm. But Martin does it when he's succeeding and I think that's a true test of a character. And yeah. um, the mad dog, well, uh, is 
affectionate in my eyes, and I'm sure all you boys who saw him yeah, play as yeah, well. You're definitely. old enough, and you lot, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's my, he was my favourite player growing up. <laughs> Really was. So when we, when we see him, we are like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, he's trying to lose that. He's trying to lose that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were doing an after-dinner speech before, and I was just in the background going, oh! <laughs> <laughs> we had the whole audience in stitches, and, and they were howling as well. Great. <laughs> uh, Martin Allen. Martin Allen was genuinely one of my favourite players growing up. Probably my favourite player of all time, in a way, because he was so mental. Yeah, he is mental. <laughs> he, he actually is mental. So these are my experiences of Martin Allen. One time, um, it, a lot of people talk about my favourite ever half-time interview was with Martin Allen. Mm. So he came along, and it was when we played Liverpool, and um, we were winning 1-0, and uh, Scott Parker had scored a goal, and it was um, it was a really good passing move, but he just toe-poked it in at the end. Mm. And so I said, joining us now is uh, Martin Allen. Martin, what about that goal? Goal of the season so far? And he just went, you what? Toe poke. <laughs> <laughs> and so the whole crowd laughed because I looked really stupid. And then I went, um, well, I think it was a bit better than that. He went, never mind that. Can I just say, <laughs> can I just say one thing? Now, earlier in the game, Thomas Hitzelsberger yeah. had had a couple of really big long shots on the Liverpool yeah. goal. And he said, I never thought so Martin I'm commenting on that said yeah. I never thought I'd hear an East London crowd cheering a German for bombing Liverpool <laughs> <laughs> so instantly I'm thinking oh no he's going to yeah he's gone off piece he's gone off piece we can't get away we, we can't be doing that so um, I thought I'd heard him on Talk Sport doing his little story about why he's called Mad Dog with the old foaming thing we just heard there and so I thought I'll ask him about that so I said so Martin um, just tell us why are you called Mad Dog and it, he's such a controversial, sort of confrontational character. Yeah. He just looked at me with wild eyes. He's got these wild eyes. <laughs> and he just went, are you a Spurs fan? Or what? <laughs> As though, you know, if I was a West Ham fan, yeah, I would no. know why he's called Mad Dog. And I, thought, <laughs> and I just thought, you plonker. I know why. I'm trying to give you an easy question so that <laughs> yeah. you, you can tell your nice anecdote. But I just thought, you know what? You've said something that's a little bit racist. You've... Uh, <laughs> Done a mad story. You made me look ridiculous in front of my people, and yeah. worst of all, in front of my people, you have called me a Spurs fan. <laughs> and I thought I'm not having that. And I turned away from him and I said, "Let's have a look at the highlights of the first half." <laughs> and uh, loads of people. I mean, there were a few other things he said in there that were a little bit controversial. I can't say on the podcast, but um, I have a copy of that recording. <laughs> yeah, good, and, good. and I, but I can't ever. I can't ever play it on the air, but uh, it will be in volume two of my autobiography. <laughs> okay, we can't wait for that. Yeah. And of course, volume one is out. Mr. Moon has left the building. Mr. Moon has left the stadium. Left the stadium. Thank you very much for nearly remembering yeah. the title. <laughs> Just one word out. Yeah. Um, I brought a copy along for each of you, which I'll sign off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Have I? Did I remember to do that? I can't remember. It might be in here. Let's find out live. Let's also find out. We traditionally get something a little bit wrong every time. Okay. Yeah, we do. It's generally statistics. <laughs> hey, wow, look one. at that. And there's oh, two, amazing. which I'll sign for you afterwards. Mr. Moon's left the stadium, Confessions of a Match Day announcer, published by Biteback, Ian Dale's lot. Yeah. Yes. So, so, I mean, if, you, if, we were, if, if we were to give you uh, 30 seconds to, to uh, maybe promote the book on the Knees Up Mother Brown podcast, oh, that would just be I mean, what, would you, what would you do with that? What would I do with it? I would say, well, it's it's been described as a cross between Fever Pitch and Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> In, except that it's about West Ham, not Arsenal. And uh, so it's it's how I became the West Ham announcer, how I got sacked as the West Ham announcer. So the yes, op- opening course. chapter, the opening chapter, I'm at a BNP rally in Derbyshire, mm. 
as a reporter. Okay, good. <laughs> you're looking a bit worried. Yeah. As a wrap reporter, it up. <laughs> about about to interview Nick Griffin. Yes. And I get a phone call from West Ham saying I've been sacked as the announcer day before the season started. This was mm. uh, probably about five years ago. Um, because um, Scott Duxbury had done a deal with a video company and they were bringing their own announcer in so I was history I right. was out mm. and that was it it felt like I'd been chucked by a girlfriend that I'd mm. loved all my life you know mm. always been a West Ham fan and uh, <coughs> I'd just been dumped then I had to interview the BMP leader and then <laughs> I had to then come and watch the first game of the season and my good friend Martin Godleyman had got the job as the announcer and yeah. he announced Dean Ashton scoring a goal like literally in the first 10 minutes and I just sat in the stand next to Brian Deere uh, yes, fine. friend of the show. Friend of the show, uh, and I'd, I'd had a real old moan to him, and he'd had a moan. He to, likes a moan. He, he, was, he was moaning to me about <laughs> why do they always say about the boys of '86 in the program that being, you know, that yeah. being. Why is that in the honours? They only finished third. We won the European Cup. <laughs> so he was moaning about that. I was moaning about not yeah. being the announcer anymore. And he still, every time he sees me, goes, oh, do you remember that day when you weren't the announcer? Oh, <laughs> your bottom lip was on the ground. Uh, but then fortunately, after five months, uh, and thanks to a campaign on West Ham Till I Die and yes. also on Knees Up Mother Brown, mm-hmm. so thank you. That's why I'll do anything for either of those marvellous organisations yes. with the marvellous Ian Dale or Graham Howlett. Yeah. Uh, I came back under floodlights against Hull City, January 29th. Triumphant return. Uh, we won 3 0, and I just walked around the ground shaking hands with everyone. It was just lovely. Really? Yeah. Not bad. Second chance. And now I'm in my 16th season. Wow. Only two left at the Bolin as well. Yeah. Yeah, but promotion. After the, well, three, after, including this one. Yes. Yes. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I think so. <laughs> well, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going in 2016, aren't we? Yes. I'll be at that Olympic Stadium. You'll be turning up at the And where is everyone? <laughs> doesn't look finished at all, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, don't go in 2015, because that's the Rugby World Cup's on then. Oh, of course, yeah. yes. You don't want to go for that. Uh, so what is the mystery of Mr Moon? What is? The, can you reveal that, or do, do we need to read the book? Uh, you, I could reveal it, but um, it's... Well, it's, it's a safety announcement, isn't it? Yeah. It's a safety announcement, meaning that the stewards need to be on some kind of alert. There's yeah. a, a fire alarm, you know, a spring, one of the smoke alarms has gone off in a toilet or something. Right. And so when, when there is a problem, it's, uh, well, the stadium manager, please note, Mr Moon is in the ground. When it's all over, well, the stadium manager, please note, Mr Moon has left the stadium. Yeah. Right. So it's a slight different phrasing, stadium and ground, so in case you don't hear the first bit right. as to what he's done. Ah. But for the first game of the season against Cardiff, it went, it off, went off all the time, All, didn't the, it? Time, all yeah. the time during the game. And in fact, at one point... the car- <laughs> it's a cheer. <laughs> it always gets but it was cheer. annoying people. That's the first time I've ever yeah. heard it annoy people. Well, people start looking at me because it's my voice that does it. Yes. And, like, <laughs> like, and I'm like, well, I'm clearly not, I'm not doing it live. Yeah. And then, uh, bless them, the Cardiff fans started singing, he's here, he's there, he's every... Where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Moon, Mr. Moon. And, uh, and the sales on Amazon rocketed that Did night. They? Yeah, Did like, they really? Yeah, it was like a proper little advert. Yeah. And, and that's why... Now, I, every game, I pay someone to set the... <laughs> <laughs> I buy a, a 20 Benton and Hedges, give them out to all the stands, just go in the toilets and set the alarms yeah, off and get a little plug to my book on Match of the Day. <laughs> Thank you very much. Toy Herbie Hammer's head on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Pouring all that gasoline over it, finally paid off. Yeah. Um, excellent. So that's Mr Moon has left the stadium, available on Amazon and... Most. On Amazon, it's in the club shop as well, yeah. or you can get it on my website, jeremynicholas.co.uk, or even mrmoonhasleftthestadium.com. Wow, good, yeah. good, got the domain name. All it, yeah. Tied up. And I've got .co.uk, yeah. Wow, forward thinking. 
So, uh, Jeremy Nicholas, thanks very much for coming back on the Knees at Mother Brown West Ham podcast. Pleasure. Um, how can people follow you on Twitter? Um, just in the usual manner by going to Jeremy underscore Nicholas. Yeah. And just following me there. Just doing that. But t- to be honest, I don't ever say anything controversial on Twitter. No, you don't. People, You've been very safe. Well, people send me things like, what do you think of Ravel Morrison then? He's um, fine. What am I going to say? <laughs> what am I going to say? Guys are no, nuts. not going to say. No, I think, I, think he, I think he's great. But what? Supposing yeah. I didn't. Would I, <laughs> yeah. would I, would I, would I say that? So you're never going to get anything interesting out of me. So to be honest, you'd be better off following Jack Sullivan or or Ian Dale or someone that's actually going to comment because I will always sit on the wall. I'll sit on the wall like Trevor Brooking when he used to be a match of the day pundit going, well, I can see it either way. I'll tell you one one thing that we're talking about funniest, but one thing I miss is uh, can so-and-so leave the stadium because your wife's pregnant? That doesn't happen anymore. It always used to happen. When When I first came... Every game, someone's wife, your wife, has were just these gone into labour. Giving labour? No, of course they were. <laughs> of course they were. What was the statistical? Tr- Every West Ham fan's wife went into labour between three and five on a Saturday, and if, it, and if the game was live on Sky, there'd be three or four. They just wanted to hear their names, so I just said no. And I remember uh, one time the woman on reception went, "Yeah, but Jeremy, he might miss his um, baby's birth." And I went, Is "There isn't a baby." <laughs> made up well you don't know that and I went statistically I know that every game someone's wife goes into labour so I went, yeah but supposing it's not Jeremy don't you think we ought to play safe no I said to be honest I think if my wife was very heavily pregnant and I was going to a football match I would take a mobile phone yes, yes. well you don't know that and I went no. so from then on we have a policy and that's why we've never done it since then so if you are listening now and you missed the birth of your child, <laughs> apologies. So call. it's Jeremy Nicholas. On yeah. Twitter. Was it on Twitter? Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy underscore Nicholas. Don't follow Jeremy Nicholas because he never says anything. It's quite annoying. He's only he's only tweeted three times. Is he? Oh. And he's got no followers. He's given up on it. Yeah. Why Do you, you should follow him. I don't. Yeah. Sending him some abuse. Yeah, but if you did miss your child's birth, I do apologise for that. <laughs> but statistically, I just thought it was unlikely <laughs> yeah. that it was happening. Yeah. Thanks very much, Jeremy, for joining us. James, thanks very much. Pleasure. Pleasure. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh, you can follow James on Twitter at longas1. You can follow myself, Chris, on uh, CJ Skull, uh, Skull with a C. You can also follow Graham Howlett, uh, the Knees Mother Brown editor at K-U-M-B-D-O-T-C-O-M. So thanks very much for listening. See you next week. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.